Hello and welcome everybody to a magical episode of Nerds Talk Movies. I am your host today, Tristan Benz, joined as ever by really the, the co-host supreme, Drew Garrison. Drew, how you doing today? Uh, feeling, feeling as hoary as the host of Hogoth. Oh man, that's pretty hoary. That is pretty hoary. This is Doctor Strange reference for people who aren't familiar with the comics. He doesn't really say that in the movies. This movie, you know, that we're talking about, or the MCU, and that's a problem. I need him to start spouting out some phrases. Yeah, like, I get it, like, the spells sound a bit weird, but that's the whole point. He's called Doctor Strange for a reason. His strange, his name is literally Strange. That's not even a superhero name. That is his birth name. That is his government name on his driver's license. Stephen Strange. Honestly, that it honestly that is a dope thing to have. It's like, like I'm strange, Doctor Strange. I mean, there are worse names to have. Could be Doctor Weird, you know. That doesn't sound as cool. But anyway, no, 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 no. It's Mister Weird. Yeah, it would be. Yeah, well, that's his. That's his cousin who did not graduate from med school. Anywho, y'all saw the title. Y'all have heard our stupid banter uh, so far. You're gonna hear a lot more if you, you know, haven't turned us off yet. Today we're talking about Doctor Strange, and not the MCU movie from 2016, uh, which we also saw in theaters together. Uh, we are talking about the 2007 animated movie um, from Marvel Studios Animation. You know, way back in the day, back when they were still pumping out, you know, a, a, an original film here and there. You know, you had this, you had the, the Hulk versus movies. Those were good. You had the uh, yeah. the Ultimate Avengers movies were good. You know, good yeah. good stuff. Bring it, bring no it back. X-Men, no X-Men movies, though, which <sighs> weirds me out. Yeah, don't, don't even... Yeah, it's upsetting. Anywho, here's a synopsis for this movie, Doctor Strange 2007, courtesy of IMDb, as always. A crippled and embittered doctor travels to a hidden community in Tibet where he learns of his true destiny as the Sorcerer Supreme of his world. Okay, that's pretty accurate, uh, it's pretty accurate snubs. You'd think it would say something like, oh, based on the Marvel Comics character or whatever, but, you know, IMDb, they're just, everyone knows that IMDb is just really all about the business, you know? They've just never put anything unnecessary or inaccurate in any of their, uh, synopses. Because it's on the internet, and when it's on the internet, you know it has to be true. Has to be. Has to be. But what is true is this list of the cast and crew that we also got from IMDb. So it's directed by Patrick Archibald. What a what a name. That shouldn't that shouldn't be an animation director. That should be an explorer, but I digress. Mm-hmm. Jay Oliva, Dick Sebast, and Frank Power? P-A-U-R. Par, power, however you pronounce it. Uh however you I'm power not pronounce sure. it. <laughs> Uh, and, you know, Frank Frankie P here is actually also credited as the supervising director, so there you go. The screenplay story was done by Greg Johnson and Craig Kyle, which explains why it's uh, pretty good, because, you know, Greg, Greg, bleh, Greg Johnson and Craig Kyle just be getting their, their mitts all over Marvel Animation. And the screenplay itself was done by Johnson. And Doctor Strange was created by Steve Ditko and Stan Lee. Shout out to, to Steve Ditko and Stan Lee. Steve Ditko didn't get enough credit. But I know, right? All right. And then for the voice cast, we've got Bryce Johnson as Doctor Strange, Paul Nakauchi as Wong, Kevin Michael Richardson as Mordo, Michael Yama as the Ancient One, Susan Spano as Doctor Gina Atwater, and Jonathan Adams as Dormammu. I've come to bargain. He didn't come to bargain this time. Uh, they were not. <laughs> they were not haggling at all with the fate of the universe in in this iteration. 
Um, lastly, movies are made with more than just directors, writers, and main actors. There are hundreds of people, sometimes even more, who are working their collective asses off on each project. So before we get into this thing, we're going to spotlight one last crewmate or section of the crew based on what we believe to be one of the film's best traits. Drew, who are you, uh, who are you picking? This is always a tricky question to get into when we're just talking animation and not even like you know big budget mainstream animation like you know the spider-verse movies this is like all right this was a direct-to-video or direct-to-dvd movie from 16 years ago so who do you think really nailed it drew with this uh with this picture the composer because the music in this movie is crazy and i mean it's pretty good crazy whenever i think of dr strange's themes it's like i get he has his mcu stuff but it's like this is the music i recognize the most so i'm so um i'm giving it to the two orchestrators uh george Kalil uh Kalis, k-a-l-l-i-s and uh guy michael moore shout out to shout out to them yeah. Oh, there's a third one. Hang on. There's a third one. Oh, there's a third one? There's a trio? No wonder it, it hit three times as hard as you were expecting. Yeah, it's Luke Whitlock. And these three, they just made that music pop. They popped. They popped. Some would say, like magic. <laughs> what about yes. you, Tristan? Who is your cast member shout out? Uh, this is actually kind of a, kind of a cheat, but this is just someone I want to shout out in general. Jay Oliva, cause he is just involved in everything. Like that man <laughs> is working his butt off, not with any, any comic book animated thing in the last like 10 years. He's found a way to be involved. He worked with Zack Snyder on like some storyboards for uh, for Justice League. Like he's working with him again on an anime. Like that man, I just want to shout him out in general because that man is just always working hard. You know, the dude just never like takes a break at everything. He he's never takes Knight a break. Returns. He's in Wonder Woman, and I didn't even. I'm I'm shouting him out for this, even though you know we've already listened to the credits because I didn't even realize he worked on this. Like this is how far back this man has been has been grinding. And you got to respect it, you know, Yeah. you got to respect the hustle. And uh, yeah, so shout out to shout out to Big J, Big J-O, uh, as the streets call him, the streets being <laughs> me. Um, yeah, he, he I'm sure he crushed it in his role on this and as he has crushed it on his role on many other projects. So shout out to Jay Leva. Now, Drew, normally we've got a whole little prelude. Uh... I don't feel like doing all that because we're 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 just we're simple men. We're simple men here. Um, you know, we're not we're not corporate bigwigs like Taylor. You know, who's just out here running running the show day in day out. You know, a little jaded. Some have said. You know, it's 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 hard for him. You know, he's been he's been working on this uh, on the show for a while, and every now and then he needs a break. And even though he technically never really gets a break, because I'm not gonna edit the show. We just we just make him do it, and he listens to me riff on for a few minutes just you know, playfully poking fun at him just because if he's not here, then it's funny to, you know, make him have to to listen to us talk about him. Uh, not really even behind his back at this point. It's it's directly to him in a way. Uh, I lost my point, but I just wanted to mess with Taylor for a minute there. Taylor, leave all this in. The audience loves it. Um, yeah. Point being, Taylor still writes the show notes. 
Um, he left the prelude blank, and I don't really have a whole bunch of knowledge off the top of my head about this movie. I just remember watching it as a child, but I, for the prelude, really just wanted to ask you, Drew, why'd you pick this movie? I know it's on your, your favorite movies list, but I, I wanted to get get into your mind a bit, in a way similar to Dormammu getting in the minds of innocent children. Oh, that sounds weird out of context, but yeah. Hey, so, man, you know, watch the movie. Watch the movie. Uh, but yeah, so three reasons why I picked this. One, I love Doctor Strange. Uh, I honestly love magic characters in general. I love Doctor Fate of DC, and I often, I often want them to like become an amalgam character again of Doctor Strange Fate. But uh, what a character also, that was! That was an amazing character. Also, with Professor X too. Like, I know that plot twist. That's OP. <laughs> yeah. But also, um, I did this because people who have only seen the MCU don't really get to see, like, oh, there were, this stuff has always been good. You guys just kind of haven't been ignoring it or just hasn't been advertised right to you guys and everything. And it's like Doctor Strange 20, 2007 is kind of like the Wonder Woman of the Marvel Universe where, oh, yeah, they pretty much took it beat for beat from this movie except with, like, a few changes, you know, instead of Dormammu trying to get it through um into our world through the heads of children he's getting in through the heads of a crazy man uh but uh yeah and the third reason is i want marvel to bring back its animation studios like that's i mean i would argue that's the most important reason yeah it's the most important it's why i saved it for last like seriously like seriously marvel you could be adapting some of your best storylines right now and you just haven't like why you could be adapt you could be adapting like so many X Men storylines that have not gotten or what about some Fantastic Four stuff because they need because they need all the help they can get right now with the public literally almost forgetting about them besides the upcoming appearance in the MCU. Bro, shout out Fantastic Four though. Shout out to Fantastic Four. I, I just want to see I just want to see them do some crazy stuff. It's like they're the some explorers of the Marvel stuff. universe. Yeah. Some fantastic stuff. They're the explorers in the Marvel Universe, and we haven't seen them explore jack shit in a long time. Hey man, they explored the negative zone in 2015's, 2015's fan four stick. You know? Did that not do it for you? That didn't uh, scratch your Fantastic Four exploration itch? Uh, if I could see anything in... If I could have seen anything in the movie, maybe. I mean, it was a very dark film. Uh, impossibly dark, many have called it. Uh, fun anecdote about that movie. Just because, you know, the movie itself that we're talking about today is very short, so we've got time to riff. Um, when I saw that movie in theaters, credits were rolling. And, you know, this was, what, 20, it was 2015. So I was uh, 18, I think, by the time this came out. And I was with, with my, my best friend. And the credits roll, and I just look at him, I'm like, what the hell was that? Like, that was, like, what did I just watch? That was awful. And this young girl, uh, probably middle school at the time, uh, you know, I'm sure she's, I guess she'd be an, a young adult by now, cause, and I hope she's listening to this, because I have beef with her, because she interrupted my conversation, interrupted my statement. She looks over at me, she's like, well, it's not going to be exactly like the comics. Okay, first of all, little girl, who said I read the comics, all right? I do, but you don't have to clock me in public like that. And I wasn't saying it was bad because it wasn't like the comics. I'm saying it was bad because it was a bad movie. You couldn't see anything. The You could tell every scene they had reshoots in because their hair didn't match. Their dialogue was stilted. The pacing mm-hmm. of that thing was all over the place. What were the motivations of Doctor Doom? 
Drew, what what did Doctor Doom want in that movie? He apparently wanted to protect nature, so he decided to destroy Earth. Yes, and he came to that decision how quickly? Like in a flash. So, if I'm if I'm recalling correctly, and I know I am, because I was I saw this recently, uh, saw this movie recently while I was in a hotel. He was trapped in the negative zone for how many years was it, Drew? Just one year, five years, one year. He was trapped in the negative zone for a year. They launch another expedition. Oh, they get Victor back and he looks all weak and he's shambling around and his suit's fused to him and he looks dumb as shit. And he lets them bring him back to Earth only for him to be on Earth and be like, oh, humans suck. We need the the world to take over. You know, we got to wipe out humans. Then he immediately just kills everybody, implying that, A, he was not weak at all. B, the only reason they could have taken him is if he let them, which then raises the question of, why did he let them take him if he just was immediately going to want to go back to the negative zone and then also destroy the world? He could have done that any time in the last year. Honestly, my question is, why even just go back? Why not just destroy the device and the people there, leave them with a message of saying, don't come back? Yeah, just do that. Yeah, his whole, anyway. belief, system, his whole belief system is that we are going to kill ourselves anyway. Yeah, so just, you know, I don't know. Anyway, to that little girl who insulted me, uh, I've never forgotten it, and I never will. And, you know, I just want you to know that, and know that we have beef, and you made an enemy for life. but. Not as big of an enemy as Doctor Strange made against uh, Mordo in this film that we are talking about today. So, Drew, what are your general thoughts on Doctor Strange 2007? I mean, clearly you have to be a fan. Oh, I am a huge, I'm a huge fan. This is, it feels like a very updated version of Doctor Strange's classic origin and everything. Mm-hmm. And I like it because it slows down the origin to where... You get all the pieces that were later added on in the comics and everything, and you just get it all in this one movie and everything. It's like, it's so good. Moves at a clip, too. Fast, fast-paced fast movie. Only an hour and, and, like, 12 minutes. And the pacing's good. Like, it's not like, wow, this is moving too fast. But by the time you get to the end of the movie, you're like, oh, damn, that was a... All right, we got a, got a lot, of, lot of stuff with this training. And it's amazing because it also knows when to slow down. Like when you get when you see Doctor Strange's past, the movie slows down to let you just take in everything that's that happened to make Steven the jaded man he is. Mm. It's so good. Uh another another reason why I wanted to bring this up is because Doctor Strange mom tried to bring in some of these points into the uh Multiverse of Madness for you know. Yeah. For the Multiverse of Madness for the, the uncultured listener. <laughs> Yeah, but Doctor Strange's mom tried to bring in some of the stuff, and it's like, oh, so his sister is canon now. Would have really liked to see some flashback or something of Steven, because he didn't really care about her when he was dying before. Wait, they mentioned his sister in Multiverse of Man? When uh, he was talking to Evil Strange with the third eye, and he said, how do I know you're me and not like some apparition or something? And he's like, we had a sister. She drowned in a lake, wasn't able to save her. I don't like talking about her. And uh, that's my favorite. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't watched that movie since theaters. Is he, he doesn't have a in comics, does he? He does. He, he does? Like, Damn, I never, I never realized that. I thought, even as a child, I thought this was something that he's made for this movie. Well, like, he's always had, like, siblings and stuff, but his whole origin, everything, the reason why he became such a jaded man is that 
everyone died around him. He became a doctor to sort of, sort of control life. Like, that's his whole thing, because everyone just died around him. He was also, like, technically born before even, um, before even uh, Cap. He's, like, very old. Like, I think he was, like, became a doctor during the World War era. So, yeah, it's, like, Steven is one of the canonical Marvel characters who is, like, super old and doesn't be affected by the sliding timescale. You wouldn't know it because he updates. I'm, my mind is blown right now. They never mentioned that in any of the Doctor Strange shit I'd be reading. Like in the, the Strange Origins, or which, to be fair, I haven't read a lot of solo Doctor Strange stuff. When I read him, he's normally in like Bendis' New Avengers or you know any of the Illuminati stuff. It, well, funny well enough, in those, he's a plot device. Yeah, exactly. And funny enough, my uh, the extent of my Doctor Strange knowledge growing up like as a child, it was this. And then it was Marvel Ultimate Alliance. And I'm like, damn, Doctor Strange is goaded. Like, this guy's super fucking cool. So then you get to the Doctor Strange movie for the MCU, which is a good movie. I have it highly ranked on, on my MCU rankings, which, you know, if you want to go back and listen to our MCU rankings episode from last year, then feel free. Um, but Stephen Strange in the MCU, not as much of a dick before he gets his magic. As I, w- as I would like. I like how much of a dick yeah. he is in this. I'm like, yeah, this is the Doctor Strange. I know he was just supposed to be a, just uh, just an ass. Just not a not a great guy at all. You know, even with even within the MCU when he's still a dick before he gets the magic or whatever. And like when he's on his path to recovery. He's still like, you know, a little quippy and charming. You're like, oh, you're a dick. But, you know, like he's more of a dick than Tony Stark. But it's yeah. like, but you're he's still you're still funny. Dick. You're a charming dick. Uh, but it's like, no, I want this guy to be an ass, like just to to suck. And he sucks in this before he gets the, the strange sauce. Yeah. But, uh, he eventually, he, he does eventually get the strange sauce. And, uh, like I said, like I said, original Dr. Strange was born in like the, was born in like the world war era. But, um, but that's one of the things that, um, I like about this Dr. Strange. It's like, it consolidates everything. It still updates him a bit. And everything, and it's like it's so it's so good to see like just how um, he progresses as a character. It's like you see he's a dick, you dislike him, then you realize, oh my god, he's lost. This he's lost someone in trauma, dude. It's like how much tra- how much trauma do you got? And I like the fact that they don't outright state that they both have lost their parents. It's like it's like alluded to, so that way he de- he never like physically mm-hmm. says it because that's also part of his trauma. He just doesn't like talking about his traumas. And he, even with his sister, he doesn't want to talk about it. Yeah. I, Drew, I, I looked it up just, just to give you your exact numbers. He was born in November of 1930 to Eugene and Beverly Strange. What a... Okay, first of all, the last name Strange, still dope. The fact that his dad's name was Eugene Strange, like <laughs> Stephen Strange, real cool name. Eugene Strange... You better you you better watch out when that guy moves to the neighborhood. Like, mm-hmm. what is? Come on, man. His Stephen's grandparents, he they did him dirtily. Yeah, it, it it's a bit it's a bit crazy. I think Eugene used to be like a respected name back in the day, but it's like even by the 1900s, it became a very uh, very funny name. Oh my god, what's me, Eugene? Get, get get out of my face! Get out of my face! Well, onto the movie. I also love the fact that while Steven is a dick, he is not, like, merciless and everything. When he feels like, when he first wakes up from his accident, he first asks, what happened to the children? That's the first thing on his mind. Mm, I love, yeah, I love that. It's like, yeah, he's a dick, but he's not a monster. 
It's like just because he wasn't going to help kids out of a coma doesn't mean he wants to run them down <laughs> in his in his sports car. Yeah, and and also he's like he like literally saw the face of hell when he was helping yeah, those that, kids. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> hey, look, I. I don't condone being a, a dick of a doctor and a surgeon and only taking cases that like make you famous and, and make you money. I do not condone that. And I yeah. don't condone not trying to help children out of a coma, even though at that point he, he couldn't have done anything. But I will say that if I were trying to help a kid in a coma and I saw the leathery wings of Mephistopheles himself, uh, I'd also be like, you know what? Maybe let's come back to this. Uh, you know, give me a give me a moment, and then I would just run to the parking lot and just I would drive as far away from that location as possible. Um, I would I would so, call you know, my local I would call my local priest and say, "Hey, uh, I need to perform surgery, but I need you to like I, baptize, anoint this kid." I, I would call know, do something. a priest. I would call a rabbi. Um, I would call just every every sort of holy man just within a 40 mile radius to do something, you know, just have them squash whatever, you know, cultural beefs they may have. And just, I need them to Avengers this shit. I need them to assemble and combine. I need them. I need a, like a, a religious exorcism Voltron type situation where we just bring in every sort of holy radiant article. And we're going to, we're going to do something about these demons. Cause I'm not, I wouldn't be touching that with a 10 foot pole. Tell you that much. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100% agree. <laughs> yeah, good, hey, good visuals, though. Oh, yeah, amazing visuals. This this movie goes hard with the visuals. It's like it really you, does. It's like you, it's like you really understa- understand that magic is like something fierce, man. You better have a, you, ever, you better have a stomach or else you're going to lose it. So I was just going to say, and that's something that they essentially tell to Steven in so much as like, oh, you have to believe the un- unbelievable, not so much the, hey, don't be a punk or you're going to, you know, piss your pants because there's a big monster right there. It's just like, hey, it's going to get real weird, Steven. And you just got to you got to be chill with that. That's essentially yeah. what they say. And again, they really do a really good job of like easing Steven in instead of trying to throw him in like they do in the like in the MCU. They throw him in in this movie. It's like that starts with just the ancient one floating in front of him. And it makes Steven start to question and everything so he can adapt to it. It's, like, way better than, like, literally pushing someone's astral form through the cosmos and making them have the most major acid trip you ever had. Shit was real cool, though. It was real cool, but, real it's, cool. Like, but it's, like, no one would be saying, teach me after that. Yeah. Someone would it, be saying, so it'd be like, what, what did you put in my beverage? <laughs> you know, I, I mean, hey, if you're gonna, if, if someone's going to teach you magic, Drew, would you rather have them smack your soul out of your body and send you across time and space? Or would you rather just see an old man float? Because old man floating could be magnets, could be wires, you know? Magnets, how do they work? You have that out-of-body experience. You might you might be more inclined to be like, hey, teach me teach me the ways. Mm-hmm. That is true, that is true. I will give you that. But um, just, wanna, just wanted to uh, bring it up since we're moving through this movie kind of fast pace. Bryce Johnson, Kevin Michael Richardson, Paul uh, Nakuchi, I think that's how you pronounce his name, uh, Michael Yana, and Susan Spano. There is not a goddamn bad line with any of them. It's like this voice cast is, yeah, this voice cast is like just given 100% and then so. I'm trying to see what else Bryce Johnson's been in, because his voice 
sounded familiar to me, but I... Oh, he voiced uh, Bruce Banner in the Hulk versus stuff. Oh, he was an AAF officer. He does not sound like his Bruce Banner voice. That is crazy. Hey, hey, Drew. Let's call range. Oh, yeah, he's got range. He's got range. He has the range. Yeah, glad he wasn't Oppenheimer. It's like, dude's still getting work. I mean, it was clear that he was an extra, but, uh, you know... Okay, here's where I would know him from. He was the voice of Aquaman in the Justice League Heroes video game. That's why his voice uh, sounded familiar to me. What a game that was. What a game. What a game that was. When are we going to get another Justice League game? You know? Who cares about Suicide Squad? Give me Justice League. But I don't. Uh, hey, DC, hey, DC, it's like they're trying to like hit on that video game streak, so let's see what they got. Yeah, well, DC's been trying to hit on a lot of streaks in, in the last, uh, I don't know, 15 years, so I'll believe it when I see it. But you were saying about the performances? Oh, yeah, the performances are amazing. It's like, I feel, I fully believe like these characters are real people with their own opinions and everything. It doesn't feel like they're being puppeteered by the plot. You can tell like their personalities and everything from the get-go. It's like from the moment you meet Mordo, even though I didn't recognize him as Mordo at first because he looks has a more Asian style. Um, I'm sorry, you mean because he's jacked as fuck? Oh yeah, he is jacked, and he his definitely his look definitely looks more Asian than what I assume is more German for him because he's a Baron and Barons are normally of German descent. Uh, but yeah, he is a different look in this one. I like the look; it's really good. I did not notice at first that he was Mordo. I knew Wong was Wong, even without the bald head, just by the way he talked. Wong's got an energy. He's just got a, a chill vibe about him that you're like, you know what? I like this guy. Like Even before Benedict Wong came in and everyone just began to love Wong, he's like, you know what? There's just there's something about this guy. I'm like, you know what? I see why, why Stephen Strange keeps him around. Yeah. Also, I want to give props to this movie for something that is is yet another thing that I feel like they adapted uh, into the mcu with just outright making wong a fellow sorcerer oh yeah in the comics i mean it plays into the the problematic trope of like you know the east asian manservant but in the comics wong was never really that big of a sorcerer like he don't get me wrong like clearly if you're working with dr strange and the ancient ancient one and you're part of a, a legacy that has served the ancient one for years you're gonna know your way around a spell but wong was always more the like i'm out here kicking ass with with my hand he was almost like the 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 kato to to strange's green hornet like he was out there just immediately ready to throw hands uh instead of just firing and an eldritch blast and with this it's like no he's an equally powerful sorcerer too, and it's like, oh man, that's cool. I like to see that. Yeah, it's it's a pretty cool it's a pretty cool thing. I always liked that Wong had to find different ways of taking on threats and everything in the comics, mm. but having him be an equal in magic and even being sort of Steven's secondary teacher is pretty cool. That's very cool. It is very cool, and that is also something that I feel like you know, like I just said, we see in the MCU with you know Wong being like, hey. Don't be a freaking loser, Strange. Return these books on time. And then also, you know, taking part in his training alongside Mordo and, and the other uh, members of, of the... Uh, the Temple the of Cambertage. Yeah, the Temple. Yeah, Cambertage. That's what it is. Cambertage. I always thought that Benedict Cumberbatch's Doctor Strange sounded like house. Honestly, yes. Bit, I, right? I got that too, yeah. A little, little bit like house. Like, ah, Dormammu. My methods are unorthodox and I've come to bargain. Um, <laughs> anywho, <laughs> yeah, back to After the performances, that. though. Bryce Johnson, 
great Doctor Strange. He he yeah. is my favorite part of the movie. Like I know we were talking about Wong and Mordo, and even just with um what's her name Susan Spano as Gina Atwater, she has some yep. great line deliveries like calling Strange out on a shit. But seeing as how he is the titular character, if this if this Doctor Strange performance weren't solid as a rock, then that would undercut a lot of this, especially since, you know, it's an animated movie and so much of it relies on just the voice alone to really, like, engross you in the in the character. And I think Bryce Johnson killed it. Yeah, most most definitely. And the way that the, all the um, voice actors play off each other, it's just mm-hmm. really good, especially as Strange is trying... It's like, if this one, Strange doesn't get his full sass until... Um, he's a bit more comfortable in the uh, source in the space and everything. It's like he has a, some sass when he's younger, but yeah. it's like you tell when he's uncomfortable, he has less sass and everything, and he's also really depressed. So yeah, he's, he's also just in, in in dick mode, where he's just like, I'm gonna be walking around in a suit, and I'm not helping people unless I'm getting paid. And you're like, damn, yeah, hey, get that bag, I guess, Stephen. Like that's 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 messed up. You know, you took a Hippocratic oath, but. Hey, he's got that dog in him. What can I say? You know, he's got that dog. My head, my, he's got... hey, look, I can't condone, but I guess I can't condemn. You know, that that ain't me. That ain't me. <laughs> you. Now, I also got to say, Kevin Michael Richardson, guy is in everything, and he. Well, and that's yeah, that's the thing. That's what I was gonna bring up. He great performance, as I'm sure you guys say, but I can't not hear Kevin Michael Richardson with him for some reason. Yeah, it's like it's like rewatching this right after we seeing the Invincible uh, season yeah, premiere uh, and everything. I the, just kept thinking with the I, twins. Yeah, it's like I just kept thinking, okay, okay, Mordo, when's the other twin gonna come? When are you yeah. gonna turn strange blue or something? But my thing with Richardson in this role, clearly, like they went a different direction for Mordo. Like we said, he's jacked as hell, and if you look at him in the comics, you know he's. Uh, yeah, he some he sometimes has muscles, but normally he like sometimes. drains those from people. Yeah, and even then, like when he has muscles, it's it's more of a. It always seems like more of like a lean thing. Aside from like the old comics where everyone was just drawn like pretty much with the same body type, for the most yeah. sort of like oh this person just has muscles, uh, but he he's usually more not all the way like sinewy, but he's more of a, a lean type of muscle, um, and typically so is Doctor Strange because they're not exactly like the most physical characters you know like i mean they're obviously great martial artists even without their magic but they're not like roided out but yeah except except wong's kicking dr wong, well, wong yeah, always keeps wong. dr strange on that uh exercise keeps on that, yeah keeps on that training regimen teaches them the the ways of the the magic of the fists um but you want someone to voice a jacked character you call kevin michael richardson but and you know he he he, he crushes that but it's still weird to me where this character, aside from his motivations of, well, not even motivations, really, more of just his actions of turning on the ancient one, doesn't really feel like Mordo to me, if only because the voice is like, damn, that's just so powerful. That's Kevin Michael Richardson. Like, going back to Ultimate Alliance, when I think Mordo, I think of the voice of Mordo in Ultimate Alliance, where he just sounds like this, and he's all like, ah, I'm going to get you, Doctor Strange. Like, that's the... That's the Mordo in, in my head. Even, you know, shout out to Shibuto Ejiofor as Mordo in the MCU. But even then, I'm like, nah, he's he's too cool to be Mordo. Like, Mordo needs to be a snivelly little little punk. At yeah, least in, like, in my interpretation. But as we established, I don't have the deepest strange knowledge. Yeah, Mordo, Mordo is normally like a bastard and everything. He does command respect, though. Like, he is a baron for a reason. Hmm. He does. Yeah, he has his own, like, castle and everything, I think. But it's like... Yeah. 
But you can be a, a, you know, you can command respect and still sound like you're twirling a mustache, you know? <laughs> he, that's, that's the voice. He should sound like he's constantly twirling his mustache. Yeah. He is, like, unambiguously evil. He might have respect yeah, right? for Strange and stuff and will help him if he feels like he's threatened. But it's like, M- Mordo is Mordo is an evil twirling mustache and I wouldn't want him any other way. And and that's the thing, like, you know, we were talking about Strange's name. With a name like Mordo, that guy was never going to be a good guy. Like, come on. <laughs> like, that's just... They were setting that man up for failure. He's a baron, too? European royalty? Come on. Come on. It's like it's like with Victor being last name being Doom. It's yeah, like, Von Doom. It's like, oh, okay, great. So, what are you gonna be like a humanitarian? <laughs> it's it's like what what would a slogan be? It's like let let's keep Doom in our lives. Yeah, let's let's Doom cancer. It's like okay, what, what? <laughs> like that that just makes it sound scarier. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, but back to the movie because we were getting off topic for a bit. Okay, so, this movie is pretty straightforward, all things considered. Uh, it doesn't try to, like, um, push, it doesn't try to, like, um, take too many different, uh, differentiating paths. It's, like, it's telling you what you need to know. It's like, hey, um, Dormammu's forces are rising and everything, it's causing a lot of problems, we need more sorcerers. Hey, Doctor Strange, you have the potential to see magic and everything. Let's see, let's see what we can do with you. Yeah, let's see if you've got the sauce. Yeah, and boy, does he have the sauce. He had that sauce. Yeah, it's like from the it's like right after he learns magic from the ancient one, who, by the way, loved the ancient one's lesson in this one of helping him overcome himself Mm -hmm. and his traumas and everything, so he doesn't have to be a dick all the time. No, and the fact that the ancient one is not is not negating his pain. It's like he's telling him, "It's like, look, there are some times where we can't save everyone. You, as a doctor, should have learned this." But you but only you take, <laughs> yeah, you only take cases you know you can save. You kept blocking yourself from that. And that's also cool with the metaphorical wall that he was constantly crushing down, but it kept building itself back up. It's like, God, that's actually really deep. He keeps breaking down the walls, but he never lets it stay down. Yeah. Give this man some magical therapy. Yeah. It's so, it's so good. And then finally, when the ancient one realizes, okay, he needs one last push, let me sh- let me give him the confidence he needs to finally break that wall. And it's so good. That's very good. It's a very cool moment. And then what happens right after that? Pfft, he learns magic. Learns it. Well, yeah, he learns magic, but get himself a haircut. Okay, yeah. That- signature goatee, you know, getting those great times. He's like, man, he looks good. With great power comes great drippability. With great power comes a, a nice fade, uh, some five o'clock shadow with a nice a nice Van Dyke uh, goatee, um, and then just a really cool uh, petticoat situation, you know, uh, with a dope symbol on it. And now, hey, guess what? You're the Sorcerer Supreme. You learned how to use a staff. That was cool. Oh yeah, learned how to use a staff and swords. And oh, it's so cool. One problem I do have with, I guess, not necessarily is training but more just his his quote-unquote healing is something that they do in the comics and then they kept in the mcu which i appreciate how it like immediately healed his hands or whatever like Hmm. how they're no longer scarred i don't like that i'm like no his hands should still be like jacked up 
Yeah, keep the like keep the scarring and everything. It's like I think they forgot about that because initially mm-hmm. the way they explained it was that oh your hands are still gonna be jacked up, but you can manipulate the energies around it to like accomplish similar things to your hands. You're not gonna be a neurosurgeon ever again, but it's like yeah. you can still like pick up stuff about dropping. You can it still now. be of use, you know. And that's that's such a cool thing in um what actually is my favorite Doctor Strange story, The Oath by Brian K. Vaughn and. Yes. That? I don't want to. I don't want to. You're gonna hear a, a creaking chair, Taylor. Edit it out if you can, or don't. I am not that pressed about it, but I don't want to disrespect the artist of the oath by leaving them out. Give me one second. It is right here on my shelf, filling for time. Nope, that's a Namor book, filling for time. Uh oh, yes, Marcos Martin. That's who it is. Um, one of my favorite things in that story is you know he's at the the final fight at the end. And he takes off his gloves because, like, no, I'm just going to beat you with, with, you know, my fucking hands because, you know, I'm, I'm about it like that. And his he's hands. He's from the streets. Uh, he's from the streets. His hands still scarred up. And he says, like, they've never stopped shaking. But he's still been doing, you know, as, as, you, as you revealed to me, Drew, he's been doing this since, like, the 60s. Hands still been jacked up this whole time, but he's still been out here saving the world with magic, protecting the universe. Real cool. And we didn't get that in this movie. Yeah, uh, yeah, his hands sort of get, like, sort of fixed and everything by the artwork and everything. When initial, when initially it's like they were specific in their wording in the movie, it's like, oh, you can manipulate the energy around your hands to, like, do stuff that you wouldn't be able yeah. to do with your jacked up hand. Which is a cool but, idea. Like, yeah. It's still very cool, it's it. just that, yeah, they didn't, uh carry that through all the way with the, uh, with the magic. That's also a, uh, cool reason why he's always wearing his little, uh, little yellow gloves yeah it's like Which hey we don't get people, enough of yeah people it's like people won't freak out when he's wearing the gloves it's like what happened to your hands it's like car accident bring, bring the gloves back bring the gloves back all right ever since you know he didn't wear them in the ultimate universe okay that's fine you know and, and he didn't wear them in i this, don't think he whatever. lost his hands in the ultimate universe did he oh yeah actually wasn't it his son who was dr strange in the ultimate universe yeah, it's like they're both they were both the Sorcerer Supremes and Doctor Strange. It's like he's Doctor Strange Jr. Yeah. But in the movies, he only wore the yellow gloves for like five seconds in Ragnarok. You know, in the comics, they're like, all right, we got to make things look like the movies now because Marvel now and ooh. And ugh, don't even get me started on some of their other stupid ass redesigns. But he stopped wearing the gloves there. And I was like, hey. Well, also, well, also um, recently, like apparently his hands have been healed. Yeah, but he should still wear gloves. They look cool. Yeah, they look cool. Oh, yeah, that's right, because he did become a surgeon again. It wasn't on the Mark Wade run. Yeah. Yeah, he was the... Oh, he was the Surgeon Supreme. That's what it was. That was that was a hard name. That was a hard name. That was cool. Yeah. Yeah. I especially like, I especially like that he's been out of the game since, like, the 60s. He comes back, and he's immediately the best. I was going to say, Steven, <laughs> there has been a lot of, uh, I, I hope, lots of updates in medical practices in the last 60 years since you practiced. So maybe, I don't know, take a refresher course, Chief. Uh, he, uh, he did. Also, Dr. Strange... Oh, he did? Oh, that's uh, good. Yeah, also, this is a little thing from me reading some of his solo stuff for a while. Dr. Strange did like to keep up with medical knowledge and everything because if, like, heroes needed help, uh, he since he had his neurosurgeon and everything, if it required it, he could at least um, guide people through. Oh, that's like, he good. Was, uh, just call yeah, up Professor um, X, be like, "Hey, read my mind." Like, you know how to do this shit. Yeah. No. Or really, just be a ghost in the room, like that um, scene with Christine and everything, and he's giving advice to Christine. 
Yeah, yeah that, that kind of yeah, it's a callback to the comics and everything when like he became more public. He was like, "Oh yeah, I can help. I have my degree and everything and I've been kept, kept up to date with all the medical uh all the medical procedures that have been updated, so I can help you out." We we all have to have hobbies. You know, this is learning that he's this old, you know, it is rare that I feel like I learned something new on a on a podcast. At least, you know, new of this magnitude. It really reframes a lot of my Doctor Strange knowledge, and it even more reframes my distaste for what they did with him in Marvel now, where it's like, okay, let's make him act younger. Why is this man walking around in a leather jacket turning the cloak of levitation to a scarf? He's in his 80s. Or yeah. not even 80s. He's almost 100. Like, still let him walk around wearing a turtleneck and a, a tweed coat. You know, like he did in, in the Matt. That's what the other place where I read a lot of them. Defenders. I read a lot of Defenders yeah. stuff, so he's always. Oh, he is great in Defenders. God, he's so good in Defenders. In, oh, man. Friggin' Al Ewing's uh, The Last Defense. Bro. Oh, oh my God. Shout okay, out to not, Yeah, not not to make this a Long Box Hunters episode, but everyone, go read, you know, Defenders The Last Defense, because that thing, that book eats. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to have to reread that myself. Yeah, so good. But speaking of eating. This movie also eats. The final, like, conflict with... You think it's like, okay, he's, he's, he solves the, the main crux of, of the issue uh, of, of Dormammu's plan just by being like, oh yeah, that's right, I saw Satan himself in a literal's brain. Hey guys, maybe this is something that you probably should have detected with all your magic. Like, hey, you know, is there not mm. some weird, you know, signal being sent out? Like, yeah. Also, we take heads. a cue from Nightmare Dormammu, right? Like, oh, hey, how how many how many demons is Doctor Strange fighting? You know, it's like at a certain point they're they're gonna talk. You know, it's it's probably mm-hmm. a they probably have gatherings. You know, they probably like, like, you know what? Well, let's compare notes. Let's trade notes and see see how to get past these these sorcerers. I'm just imagining now all the demons Doctor Strange has beaten, like at a poker game, a la Batman style, and all talking about who got, who was closest to killing him or or getting him on their side. I'd be thunderstruck if if that didn't happen. But it's his knowledge as a doctor, his experience as a doctor, that helps him save the save the day. He's like, oh, we gotta help these kids, and he's out there just saving them from from Dormammu. And then you get Mordo turning, and you're like, all right, well, we immediately you saw know. this coming. Yeah, He's all would have worked out if Mordo wasn't if Mordo wasn't a a, a, a prima donna bitch. Yeah, if he just wasn't a little bitch. And then he's like, "All right, I'm gonna go work with Dormammu." I've come. He came to bargain at that point. Actually, he, oh, he yeah. was the one he who bargained with, with Dormammu. And now he's trying to kill Strange, and you get a dope fight. First of all, leading up to the fight, here's something that we haven't talked about with this movie that I I want to to get on the record we talked about it a little bit in your favorite movies episode it scared me more as a child because you know i'm a grown man now but there's some freaky shit in this movie oh yeah specifically uh, the little flying bat leech things that are just turning people to skeletons i think it's called the demagogue whatever it is i don't like it and it, it was just chewing folks up left and right that was freaky and leaving nothing but a skeleton. Good leaving job. No, and in some cases, not even a skeleton. Like, some of them, it just, it just ate up. Like, the, the one wizard guy who, like, they ate in the sky, they ain't leave oh, nothing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, they left literally no crumbs of that man. You know? Yeah. What are, what, how, how are they gonna, how are they gonna bury him? You know? What are they gonna, what are they gonna do? Maybe they'll make mystic ashes? I don't know. Yeah, well, I'm... You know, they actually, seeing as how Wong and Stephen are the only ones left, they got a lot of funerals to worry about, so. Yeah. 
All right, and then they both. And then they both have to like search for wizards at the end. It's like it's like Jesus. It's kind oh, of like... include including a very specific wizard or, or yeah witch, or sorceress. Clea, you're yeah. like ooh, and he like looks back and he shows doors like yeah, that's right. I'm gonna marry her. Ooh, and you're like mm-hmm. ooh, fun tease that never gets paid off on because Marvel stopped making these animated movies. Dang it, Marvel. I do also have to say, like, I didn't realize it was this when I read it. I thought it was just a regular Doctor Strange comic because I was still like getting into doctor strange around this time but apparently this movie did have a prequel sequel comic uh that uh did that you did get to see clea in and basically you find out yeah and you find out that uh the the movie that you that we watched doctor strange was telling her the story and uh, like that's why it's a prequel sequel it's like it's technically a sequel because he yeah because he was telling her the story and that's how like she came to be at the uh, sanctum and everything. Damn, that's cool. Mm-hmm. That is cool. I'll tell you what. Man, comics, they can be cool sometimes. They can be really cool. They can be real cool. Yeah. <sighs> All right, well. All right. We, we need to talk about that Dormammu fight. Okay, well, yeah, I was going to lump that in with favorite moments. Cause that's like the okay, best favorite moments. Movie. Yeah. All well, right. Sound off, because clearly you got a lot to say about that Dormammu fight. Okay, uh, so let's start. So I'll start off with the Dormammu fight because the fight with Dormammu is pretty cool. From most of, from everyone else, we got to see their specific niche with magic and everything. It's like for Wong, it's utilizing sand. For uh, Mordo, he and likes it, weapons. And yeah. uh, for some of the, and uh, one of my favorites one is guy, actually. I was gonna say that one guy made like little mystic armor. Oh yeah, with like tattoos and everything. That was pretty cool. Uh, but my favorite was actually the girl with the whip. Uh, that was her scarf and everything, and she could use it to like be a super sharp scarf. I like that girl. I was sad yeah, that she too. didn't get to go into the final battle. Sad that she was the first one to get taken out. Yeah. Like, but she damn. said that she'd never faced them before, so she was the inexperienced well, she, one. Yeah, she won't have to worry about facing them again. Ah, that's dark. Take, take that concern <laughs> off her plate, you know? Uh, yep, yep. Dark, but true. Yeah, but... um. Yeah, so with all that, we get to see Strange, and that uh, he's been learning from all of them... So he is way more versatile with his magic and everything. It's like we already saw with Dormammu, he was willing to like use transmutation to make bats out of their swords and everything, and he could use like the inner, he could use like the physical um, enhancements that the tattoo guy could use. Mm-hmm. In this one, it's all him. We get to see his own take on magic. He's manipulating the weather. He's utilizing cold breath. It's just so He can good. absorb the magic, which they, they made a, a key plot point out of. Like, oh, that's really rare that you can just absorb other people's magic and turn it back against them. Yeah, one, another one of my favorite moments, but I'll talk about that later. Uh, but yeah, love that. Also love that he needs the Eye of Agamotto to be able to fully absorb Dormammu. Mm-hmm. It's like shows like he still has got a long way to go before he doesn't need the eye. But it's so, but it's so good to like have that callback and everything. And even Wong was like, "Oh, I did not expect you to actually absorb your mom." Yeah, he's like, like, "Oh, he's like, I wasn't." He's like, "I didn't mean that, like literally, but yeah, it worked, I guess." <laughs> Which this uh, whole fight, like I totally agree, it's one of the best parts of the movie, and it's one of my favorite moments. But it's also something that I wish we would get more of in the MCU. Where with so much, at least in the first movie, so much of his magic was so centered on like using the glyphs and whatnot and like, oh, whatever little artifacts that it almost like it seemed like they were trying to not necessarily make magic more realistic, but I guess they were trying to downplay it so that way he couldn't just do everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then it was like they're trying to make it more 
tangible, I guess, in a way that people could wrap their heads around him. It's like, no, well, that's not Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange should be doing weird shit. That's why his fight with Thanos in Infinity War, goaded. Because he's turning shit into butterflies. Like, he's just, he's making 75,000 copies of himself. Like, no, this is the type of Doctor Strange shit that you want to see. And that's why, yeah. you know, even the fight against evil Doctor Strange in in Mom, when they're fighting with music notes. Like, that's real fun and creative. That's the type of weird shit you want to see with Doctor Strange. That's the kind of weird shit you get uh, in this. Like, when he turns Mordo's sword into a swarm of bats, I'm like, damn, see, that's the... I want to see some transmutation. Like, just get weird with it, Steven. Get strange. Like one, like, one of my favorite Doctor Strange moments is when he's basically talking with this other wizard who is very powerful, and he's underestimating Strange because Strange is not doing, like, his big magic. And Strange is like, look, man, I've been trying to, like, get you to stop, but you won't stop. So I'm just going to pop a supernova of our own star and then just turn it back to normal, and then you're going to learn. And the guy's like, what? And Strange does it. Fully hits this guy with a full-on supernova. That is, Doctor Str- that is Doctor Strange, and that is something I miss from uh, the old school comics and everything. Just Doctor Strange, he's able to do a lot. He holds back to give you a chance. Yeah, like he's the Sorcerer Supreme. That means he is the best at magic on Earth. Like, that's mm-hmm. it. Like, that's his thing. You're not going to be better than him. Nah. uh Like, even Doctor Doom takes second place to him. And Dr. that's Doctor freaking Doom. I mean, they had a, and, and that's not us just saying, oh, he takes second place. They literally had a competition to be Sorcerer Supreme, and Doom came in second place. Which also, you know, that shows how cool Doom is, that the only person who's better at magic than him is Doctor Strange. Kind of like how the only person better at science than him is Reed. There you go. But yeah, like, that's, that's, that's just one of the things I love about um, Doctor Strange. You get to see, it's like, even though, like, when you start off, he's called, he's called the Master of Black Magic... He's second to like the um to the ancient one, and it's only after the ancient one um realizes it's his time to die and Steven is ready to become the new Sorcerer Supreme. That's when um Steven fully becomes the most powerful mystic user in Marvel in the Marvel universe. That's what I love. And boy does he. Oh yeah. Even even Wanda, even though she's technically more powerful because she's got like a Eldritch god literally granting her power and everything. True. And her mutant and her mutant power is also buffing that too. It's yeah. like she's well, see, and that's the thing. That's that's part of why I'm like I don't I I don't count Wanda as the most powerful magic user. If if only I mean, don't get me wrong. Clearly, she's insanely powerful, and I'm not you know trying to claim she is less powerful than Doctor Strange. I feel like that she's got so many other things going on that it puts her just in a separate category. It's similar to how, <laughs> and this is I know we're on the the movie podcast, not the comic book podcast, but. Taylor, this is what you get for leaving us alone to talk about a comic book movie. Um, It's similar to how Jean Grey, like, the most powerful, like, Omega-level, you know, telepath, telekinetic, whatever. Madeline Pryor also has the telekinesis and whatnot, and is an Omega-level power, but not because, I mean, even though she's not officially on the chart, but it's not because of her mutant ability, it's also because of her own magic limbo powers that put her on Jean's level. But the it's goblin a, it's queen. a sep- yeah the go- as the goblin queen, but it's a separate thing. That's where I view Wanda. Like she's definitely got that magic sauce, but she's also got her mutant hex altering, you know, he- hex powers, her probability altering abilities, and that's what put her in in her own little separate uh, separate little corner. But you yeah. know, that's I that's her in my the same corner sense. as Ileana Rasputin, aka sure. Magic. Sure, yeah. Where Ileana has her magic, but her mutant power is just teleporting through limbo, which is also very fucking cool 
Very cool. Uh, and tying it back in, Ileana trained with Doctor Strange. So see, look at that, everyone. We still managed to find a way to tie yeah. it back into this movie. You love and Wanda has technically trained with not only Doctor Strange, but also Agatha Harkness. She's seen uh, two of the most powerful. So she, yeah, so she's got, Wanda's got the training. And maybe one day, you know, if she can get that whole Cathan thing settled, you know, then we won't have, uh, we won't have any issues. But until then, you know, Doctor Strange, still Sorcerer Supreme. Yeah, she has to protect her and her brother from being taken over by an evil Eldritch Cthulhu. <laughs> just to, just to give you guys a heads up. I miss uh, the days when she was just when she and Pietro were just Magneto's kids. I honestly still count them as Magneto's kids. I get like their Marvel has Magneto does too, kids. but it's just like it's so dumb. It's so dumb. But that's a different conversation. We're gonna. I'm not trying to go down that rabbit hole. It's yeah. just it bothers yeah. me. Okay, I do want to. <sighs> I do want to say before I move on to my next favorite moment. This is one of my favorite looks for Dormammu, and originally I thought it would be too edgy for me when I was younger, but then I was like, no, it just looks cool. I just like you it. You like that sick ponytail as a kid? Uh, no, 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 not that, that's Mordu. Dormammu. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love the, I love the Mordu look. Honestly, it's one of my favorite um, non-traditional Mordu looks ever. Uh, and part of me even kind of likes it more than the uh, traditional look, because that green leotard just does not work in modern day. It, you know... It doesn't. I, I can't even think of anything funny to say. It looks weird. As for Dormammu, he looks like the box cover for Diablo. And I mean that as a positive. Like, he does look really cool. Yeah. He, he doesn't look like Dormammu, you know, except for that he's a big guy who's on fire. But if you take, like, Dormammu's face in this and Dormammu's traditional face in the comics, it's like, okay, the only thing that's similar is there's fire involved. But still, yeah. it's, I mean, it's, it's a great look for him. Yeah, apparently I forgot where I forgot if this was on like the original DVD specials and everything, but apparently it's like this. It came from a thing where it's like he would take off the uh, the cloak he's wearing, and this is what you would see underneath, just the skeletal bone thing. And they said it, and they said like they nixed it because it seemed too much like Ghost Rider. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but it's it's like pretty cool. On to my next favorite moment, the moment that we alluded to before: Doctor Strange learning he can absorb magic. Shit's this cool. this is it's not only cool, but it's again it's a great character moment where Mordo is trying to chain train Strange, and you can see him trying to hold in his anger because he's mad that he is going to be the sorcerer that he's going to be sorcerer supreme and not Mordo, and he's just like and he's just like just dogging on Strange. It's like have you ever it's held awesome. a yeah have you ever held a blade in your life? And Strange has the best comeback to save lives. Yes, not to take them. It's like God, I love that line. Love that line. line. Yeah. It's a great line. It's like, well, are you sure, Steven? Because you haven't really been saving a lot of lives. Like, you've been trying to get that money. But, you know, okay. All right. <laughs> hey, hey he, he, he saved their lives. He saved their lives. He knew he could save their lives. It's not that he didn't try to save lives. He well, just you, you only got, got the there. lives he knew he could save. It's like, still scrappy, just not that type of crappy. <laughs> yeah, but um, really love it. I also, lo- I also love... Um, how Mordo just lets his anger get to the best best of him when Strange sh- finally shows the ability of absorbing magic. He doesn't even know what he did, and Mordo is just, all his anger's finally boiling up. And then Wong coming in with the sand hold. It's like, he's he's like mythifreaking Mystic Gara from Naruto. And just saying, hey, you're supposed to train him, not kill him. And he's just like, well, he should be able to defend himself. <laughs> it's like, I just love it. So much good character and an awesome scene. Ah, oh, it's so good. And it's like, you know what, Mordo? Yes, he should be able to defend himself. 
That's why he's being trained. Like, I know yeah. you're salty that you're not going to be the boss, but you're just not even making sense. Come yeah. on, guy. Yeah, and also, like, I forgot which comic this comes from, just because it's been a while since I've gone to the entire Doctor Strange run. But there was once a point where Mordo, where Mordo and Strange admitted that if they stayed working together at the, uh, at the Sanctum and everything, the two of them would have been... like. The two of them would have been unstoppable. All of Mystic Problems would have been solved. And it's true, because Mordo is that guy. He can figure out a way to do so. But Strange is like, he's more of like an expert in all of his fields and everything. But he's not like super creative. Like he is creative, just not like to that degree. Where Mordo is very creative. I, lo- I love the fact that this kind of harkens to like, if those two actually work together, they could be, they could be a force to be reckoned with. But they can't, because of their personalities. Love yeah. it. And because Mordo's too busy being like, I'm mad that I'm not in charge. He's like, all right, bro, get over it. Like, it's been <laughs> it's been 80 years at this point, Mordo. <laughs> like, chill, bro. Chill. It's like, it's like chill. Go, go back to your castle, drink some German hot chocolate, and take a chill pill. For real, let it go, dude. Let it go. He will but not let it go. Uh... Honestly, Mordo, pettier than Dr. Doom. Yeah, well, I've, I don't know if I go that far. Doom is so petty that if he heard someone else being referred to as more petty than him, like, he would end the world. So let's not, you know, I don't want him to find a way to come to reality and, and you know, uh, fuck okay. up our point shit. Taken, point taken, He would find a way. Uh, well, Drew, what about your, I agree with your favorite moments and least favorite moments before we wrap this bad boy up because we don't want our runtime to be longer than that of the actual film. Well, I'm hoping to hear one of your favorite moments, but my only least favorite moment would probably be like when, um, Strange is driving away after the first fight scene and everything. It's just like, they're just there on the street and everything and Strange literally passes them and there's no, <laughs> it's no yeah. indication. It's like, okay, after he, he just them saw them already. fight monsters, but it's like they move three feet to the left, invisible to him. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's Only his blind spot. Yeah, I guess so. Only least favorite moment there. Yeah. My, one of my favorite moments aside from when you talk about is the scene where he leaves the, the temple and he has the flashback to failing to save his sister in surgery. And then the Ancient One's like, hey, bro, like, you couldn't have done anything. Like, you did what you could, but, like, this shit was magic. You don't, she was, not everyone can be saved. Um, and just that, that is one of the defining moments of humanity that you get for Doctor Strange in this movie. Where it's like, damn, like, you can see where now he's shutting himself off emotionally and you know through that interaction it's like okay well he's opening himself up again and willing himself to believe the unbelievable and it's just uh some good shit some good shit least favorite moments uh i don't know i don't like the bad things they're freaky <laughs> i don't like those i still don't like those even, the bad even, things with you know, yeah i don't i don't like those even 15 years later i'm like ah that's so freaky i don't care for that uh, but no, I mean, this is a this is a good movie. It's a solid way to spend an hour and 12 minutes. I'll say that. Yeah, yeah. I will. Actually, one more um, favorite moment. Um, Gina Atwater, who is basically, um, for those of you who've only watched the live action movie, she's the Christine of this movie, but way more sassier and less willing to take Doctor Strange's shit. Uh, yeah, so she is she is also one of my favorite characters for the fact that even though like she dislikes Doctor Strange, they dated once, they... Uh, she um, didn't like his ego, nar- his ego narcissistic side, 
and everything, she realized where the side comes from. It's like it's hinted at a lot that she knows about his trauma, but she still doesn't use that as an excuse. So, love that. But even, but even then, my favorite moment is when Strange is at his end's point. And he's like, I've got one more chance, Gina, but I don't have the money. Please help me. She, um, she's there. She's just there. She's just, she just helps him. It's like, on, honestly, don't care if they end up boyfriend, girlfriend, married, in a relationship, whatever. Just the fact that she was that type of friend. Like, Gina Atwater is one of my favorite characters. Yeah. Love The that. way I interpreted it was she was like his girlfriend while he was in med school or whatever. Like, I, I figured they were dating while he was doing, you know, all this stuff to save his sister. And, like, oh. I figured they probably broke up after he failed to save her because he closed himself off emotionally or whatever. And that's just total conjecture on my part. That's just the way it, it read to me when I when I saw the film. So there you go. Yeah, it would make sense. Especially since, like, when she delivers the line, it's like, I know you don't operate on children. And she says it with, like, the most empathy, meaning that she yeah, knew like what Yeah, like, she knows her. why. Gina Atwater is honestly underrated character. Wish she wish she could return, but she but she's in the comics is like she's definitely dead at this point. Yeah, uh-huh. I mean it's been thirty seven thousand years, so you know that ain't happening anytime soon for her. Yeah, but yeah, Gina Atwater standout character here. Shout out to Gina. Shout out to Big Gene. Big Gene, as we call Big her Gene. on the streets. Drew, any final thoughts before we uh, Tokyo drift on out of here? Marvel, bring back your animated stuff. Like, this shows that you can do it good. Just, like, advertise it and make that money. Make that money, bro. Get that Get that paper. Come on. Like, what are you doing, guys? Get that paper. Get that coin. It's what he said. Uh, and also what he said on bringing, bring back uh, their animation. Uh, my final thoughts? This is a good movie. You should watch it if you like Doctor Strange, but you don't have the patience to sit through, you know, the whole two-hour feature like uh an mcu movie yeah although it is admittedly hard to find i had to watch it on youtube so good luck with that drew fun fun fact about this this is actually the first digital video i ever bought back when digital video was just getting up there and i bought this one from youtube it's not the first one i owned because technically i got a free one by google but this is the first one i bought well look at that there you go drew you're easier to find on the internet than this movie is. So where can people find you and what are you working on? You can find me on the socials. I'm Drew Garrison underscore. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram. You can also find me on my YouTube channel, Writer's Room. It's like there, it's like I talk about, I talk about um, different aspects of writing and everything and even my opinions on stuff. So uh, yeah, go there if you want to hear the right opinions. There you go. And when you want to come see the real right opinions, you should head on over to my work on Screen Rant, (laughs) where you're just seeing me write about some things maybe Drew disagrees with. But guess what? I wrote it, so that means it's true. And you can also find me on the the socials. I'm the arbiter of culture, people. I'm the culture supreme, the arbiter supreme. Uh, You can find me on the socials, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter, at BackIssueBins. Links for all our socials will be in our link trees that are featured in the description of this episode, along with links to our Patreon and our Discord. Our Patreon, nothing is behind a paywall, no sort of content. Uh, We want to make sure we're bringing you guys fun stuff without making you pay. But if you want to give us a few bucks in appreciation, we would never say no. 
And after that, you can hop into the Discord. You can harass us. You can harangue us. You can talk nerdy shit with us. It'll be a great time. You know, what else are you doing? When you're not doing that, you can also listen to some of the other Nerd Stash podcasts, like Drew and myself's Longbox Hunters. That is our comic book podcast, where we get into even more nitty-gritty shit than we got into in this episode that we totally derailed. And you can also listen to Power Up and Game, which is the Nerd Stash's premier video game podcast. Drew, if I'm not mistaken, I believe you're going to be on an episode uh, that'll be releasing relatively soon. Yes, I will be. We are talking about uh, another superhero, uh, a spectacular one, amazing. One that might have also been created by Stan Lee and Steve Ditko. Woohoo. Who could that be? I don't know. What Marvel superhero has a game out? People, you use your brains. But that is enough for today. Drew, thanks for joining me. Thanks for suggesting this movie. Audience, thanks for listening. We'd appreciate it if you left a rating and some positive comments. If you leave either in the negative, I'm not going to pay attention to it, because like I say, I don't need that negativity in my life. We will be back next week. Taylor should be back, too. I hope he's back next week, because he's the one who picked the movie for, for, you know, uh, next week. So I guess we'll see. Taylor, if you're, you know, planning on not being back while you're editing this, change your plans. You're going to be back. And everyone, have have a magical week. How about that? Don't get too strange. Peace, and let the hoary host of Hogoth be unleashed. You gotta watch out for those hoary hosts, I'll tell you what. Oh, definitely. <laughs>